Welcome to Vegas Revealed, episode 19. Phase two started in Las Vegas. A huge list of businesses are open, and our resort casinos can open on June 4th. We have the rundown. Plus, how have hospitality workers felt throughout this COVID-19 shutdown? A new survey is just out, and we talk with the key players who have these new findings. Plus, our secret tips, all coming up on Vegas Revealed. Vegas Revealed is sponsored by The Blind Pig. They're located just west of the Las Vegas Strip with some really great views from their patio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, salad. How about some cheesecake? Order up because they are open for business. You can pick up, get delivery, or stop by the restaurant and dine on the patio. They even have some special pricing going on right now. So call 725-214-4474 to make a reservation or to order from the Blind Pig. Oh my gosh, finally, our theme song is something that people can actually do and get away to Vegas again. A new phase of reopening is underway. Thanks for being here on Vegas Revealed. I'm Sean McAllister. And I'm Dana Roselli. Yeah, we are still apart, but excited that we here, Las Vegas Hotel and Casinos, will open on June 4th, including the Venetian, Sean, where we usually record before all of this happens. So we aren't sure exactly when we'll get back in there, but we do know it's a good sign that we'll get back to our studio soon. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at the the list of properties that are, are set to reopen on June 4th were, as you mentioned, the Venetian, also the Sahara, Bellagio, MGM Grand, New York, New York, uh, Flamingo, Caesars Palace, Cosmopolitan, The Wynn, plus there's uh, some downtown properties. Yeah, the D plans to open, you know, Derek Stevens, the owner, we've interviewed him before, actually, if you want to listen, episode eight, we talked to him about he's building Circa, and apparently that's still on schedule for opening in December, but he also owns the D and plans on opening, and I saw him talking to some uh, some notes that he was talking to the media saying, listen, when June 4th comes at 12.01, which the governor said properties will be able to open. He plans to reopen right then. And that's so Derek style, isn't it? <laughs> well, and he's like going out of his way, really, to bring people back to Las Vegas, too. Just uh, within the past few days, uh, Derek Stevens announced that he was, uh, first, he bought a round of 1,000 plane tickets to bring people here for free from cities around the country. And then a couple hours later, he announced that he was doing another thousand. So he's essentially flying 2000 tourists in. And he said, listen, I would love for you to stay at one of my properties, but that's not a requirement. I just want people back here and get Vegas back up and running again. Yeah, he's just been such a great Vegas cheerleader uh, for downtown and really Vegas as a whole, as you mentioned. So, I mean, really kind gesture there. What a great idea. Great promotion, too, for Las Vegas. So we hope you fly in and stay a while and and then, you know, get back to whatever you're doing. But come here, enjoy, relax, spend some and money, gamble. <laughs> and tell your friends when you get back home and have them come out here, too. 
Yes, exactly. Um, we did mention uh, downtown casinos opening. Now, Boyd Gaming owns a lot of casinos, resorts here in Las Vegas, and they're opening nine of their casinos. And that includes, if you've ever been here, uh, they have a bunch off the strip, the Orleans, the Gold Coast, Suncoast, Eliante, Cannery, Samstown, and then also downtown Fremont, the California Joker's Wild, I'll plan to reopen as well. Uh, they have a couple other ones that they're going to have closed, stay closed for a little while and kind of see how that goes at first. And Station Casinos is another uh, big uh, casino operating group. They have, they also have uh, properties that are mainly off the Strip, but Palace Station is the, the closest one to the Las Vegas Strip. That's set to reopen along with uh, Red Rock Resort, Green Valley Ranch, Santa Fe Station, Boulder Station, and Sunset Station. Um, and then they have some other um, smaller wildfire properties also. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's exciting. Things are, are getting back to getting back to business. I was just going to say, I, I stopped myself from saying getting back to normal because it's right. not normal, but it's back to business. Exactly. And I think now, now the part is we're all going to be wondering is, is okay, how's it going to do? Is it going to fill up? Is it going to, you know, is it going to be packed? Are people going to come here? Are we going to see lines? We don't know. We don't know what to expect. And so I'm really curious to see how this goes. Somebody asked me, how, do you think, you know, which casino will have the, the longest line? I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to go. I just feel like I can't really predict it. Yeah, I don't know. I have a strange feeling that there is going to be a lot of tourist traffic coming through Mm -hmm. town. I don't know why. I have absolutely zero um, fact to back Mm -hmm. that up. I'd just like to point that out. But I just have a feeling that people are going to want to come back to Las Vegas. Yeah. And then, you know, May 29th is when phase two started. So we have, you know, uh, places of worship open, gyms, fitness studios, bars, taverns, tattoo parlors, movie theaters, bowling alleys, indoor malls, water parks, public pools, museums, art galleries. So really phase two is a big one for Las Vegas. So this is a big deal. And, you know, it's going to be all eyes on us seeing how this goes. Obviously, a lot of those have restrictions. Like you, the bar thing is you can't go up to the bar and order a drink. However, you can sit at the bar and be socially distanced and order a drink. But I think they want, you know, you, you to order and then someone brings it to you. They don't want people standing up at the bar, then they get close and bunched up. So there's things like that. Yeah, not not like normal when you have to like wedge yourself in between people and like do yeah. a contortion act to get <laughs> one arm to the bar to order and pay. Exactly. Or bat your eyes. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to not stand in the bar. Sounds great to me. Um, but people keep asking, well, then what's not opening? And and something that's not opening, Sean, is brothels, because uh, we have brothels in Nevada, not in Las Vegas, but in certain parts of Nevada, we have brothels. So, <laughs> and, and adult entertainment is also not opening, but our stripper, I don't know if you know this, because I don't, are strippers <laughs> and brothel workers, are they considered gig employees? I don't like, know. Can you get unemployment? The PUI or whatever that is? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I assume so. If it's their, Yeah. I would assume so. I mean, it's a legal profession. Strippers are people too. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, nightclubs and day clubs, they aren't going to open. Live sporting venues with an audience, not allowed to open either, which all makes sense. And so I guess that would be the next phase 
We did get a question on Twitter from at J No Life. Love his Twitter name. <laughs> Oh, it says Justin's travel in his bio. So Justin, okay. um, and he and he wanted to know, uh, we think you have a life. We don't think you have no life. Uh, he wanted to know when our guess is that phase three might happen. And he realizes that it's hard to tell, but maybe just possibilities. And I don't know, a quick thought on that is when I look at like, you know, sporting events with audiences and stuff like that, I think it's going to be a while. I think maybe even through the fall. Yeah, I'm, I was going to, my guess would be, you know, October mm-hmm. at the earliest. Cause when you think yeah. about it, like really the beginning of fall would be like September ish and we're not far off from, from August. And, you know, I think the fall months are going to come pretty quick and it really depends what, what happens here in the next several weeks and how, how, you know, cases go. And if there is that, that second peak, that, mm-hmm. that health experts have, have warned about if we aren't careful. Right. And, you know, we're, I, it feels like summer out there. What's it going to be today for, for all the listeners around the world? How would you like, yeah, it's 109 today here in Las mm. Vegas. So <laughs> summer's and, here. <laughs> and out in uh, Death Valley, just down the road, 120 degrees today. Oh my gosh. It's insane, isn't it? I mean, oh. Oh, with the, you know what it is? It's that sun blaring down on top of the temperature. It's just, it's crazy when you're campy, especially by the pool or in air conditioning. So super excited about the pools opening. Got a note from my building that our pool's opening tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that. I know a lot of people that live in apartment buildings in Las Vegas um, are excited about that too, because it's, it's hot out there. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, as we are so excited about the things that are opening up, we also have, have gotten news about, um, really the the center of our um, mm-hmm. performing arts scene here in Las Vegas, the Smith Center, and getting news that, that they're remaining closed indefinitely. Yeah, really sad news to hear that. Um, the, the CEO, Myron Martin, uh, has done some interviews with, with different media saying that, you know, he just can't really tell when um, performing arts will work again at this point. I mean, the, with the restrictions and the social, you know, having to be socially distant and how do you fill a theater? And it's just, it's just not going to work right now. So basically just not giving a date for when they even think they could open, but they have started this campaign on their website. Um, and the thing is, is, you know, when the Smith center opened, Sean, you were here, I was here and everyone thought, Oh, there's never going to work in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the strip and they got shows and they got downtown. Nobody's going to want to go to a performing arts center and watch a Broadway show or watch live music or watch a ballet or the Philharmonic and it's thrived. People love it. So many people I know have season tickets and it's been great for our community. Well, and it's just such a, a classy place to go to, like all art deco style. And every time I go there to see a show, you know, it's, it's like a, it feels like a special event, doesn't it? It does. A little glass of wine. You walk Absolutely. slowly. There's I have my reusable rush. cups. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a lot of those as well. It's a great place. If you go to the smithcenter.com, they do have a, uh, a page on their website, all these different kinds of ways people can can take part in donating. Like for example, if you had season tickets or you had tickets to a show, you can still donate that. So instead of getting your money back, you can donate that. There's membership opportunities. Um, there's uh, also ways that you can take part in um, some planned giving. And I think they're doing some online stuff too in the Cabaret Jazz Theater. And so you can dedicate 
uh, they have a dedication program, allows you to dedicate a performance in the Reynolds Hall or Myron's Cabaret Jazz and celebrate a special occasion in your life. So all sorts of different ways. So we hope that people will donate and we hope that the Smith Center will reopen sooner than later. Yeah, because that is a nonprofit and it does uh, rely on member support and sponsors and, um, you know, grants uh, for the arts as well. Um, But getting back to the whole topic of sports, um, Las Vegas is in the running right now to Mm -hmm. kind of potentially be the hub for an NHL play when the Stanley Cup playoffs resume i guess they'll begin they're not resuming hockey's resuming the playoffs will just start it's super exciting for the vegas golden knights uh our whole town i saw on twitter that everyone was like it's so great to be talking about hockey again i haven't seen this in a while (laughs) um but we're in we're in there and we're going to be playing uh we pacific division champs pacific division champs yep yeah, specific division champs. Um, we love it. We plan on going all the way to the end. Come on, let's get the Stanley Cup. Uh, the only thing is they listed off a bunch of cities that they're considering for a hub city. I think we would be great as well. And then I saw some discussion after folks saying, well, they might not want any of the teams that are in there to have like home ice advantage. So then that would be bad for us because then maybe they'd pick a city with a team that wasn't in it. Yeah, but see, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because home ice advantage, like when, when you're playing in a game like that or in, a, in you know, a series of games like that, part of the home ice advantage is having all of your fans there and feeding off the energy that the fans, your hometown fans give you, there's not going to be any fans allowed at these right. games. So, right. I mean, at this point, an ice rink is an ice rink, isn't it? Does the uh, actual arena make any difference at all? I don't think so. I guess the only difference would would be what? They get to sleep in their own bed? I guess. Or if you wanted to <laughs> even the playing field, you know, make sure that that all the teams have to stay in a hotel. Yeah, that's you know, true. Really. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, the ice is the same, right? The measurements, the length, all that. This is such a girly perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, the, the actual rink itself, the ice and the board, like all that's regulation. So, I mean, I don't see how, uh, you know, technically having home ice advantage would give you any sort of advantage no. at this point. But I mean, I mean, I'm excited that we're going to be able to watch these probably on TV, right? I yes. Assume. And just be able to cheer for something. And, oh, it's just going to, it just feels like life is coming back. So it's exciting. So I hope we are the hub city. You know, if we aren't, we'll still be watching and go Knights go and Vegas born and all that. Have we, I don't think, how many years has it been? Three seasons? I don't think we've never not made the No, this will be right? the third consecutive year making the playoffs. I love it. I love all of it. It is so great. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited about all these developments happening in Las Vegas. We're getting back to normal. Obviously we're going to have to monitor the situation and and see how things go. We're going to keep you posted of course on all of that. Um, but coming up next, we're going to talk, um, workers in Las Vegas. How did they feel about the way that they were treated during the shutdown? We hear a lot about guests and visitors, but how about the workers here? Well, there was an online hospitality survey done. Hundreds of people answered and we have the results coming up next. 
Thanks so much for listening to Vegas Revealed. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Since we are somewhat new, it always helps to keep our visibility up. And we also love hearing from all of our listeners from across the U.S. and around the world. Yeah, you can always find video interviews, content at VegasRevealed.com. We also have a YouTube page, an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. Follow us on all of it. We try and post different things on all of them. It's really everything Las Vegas. And if you have an idea or a question for us, you can email us at ideas at Vegas-Revealed.com. Welcome back. You know, we, as we anticipate the opening of our resorts and casinos, uh, one thing that we often talk about are the visitors, the guests. But recently, an online survey was done, and it reveals Las Vegas's hospitality and gaming employee sentiments when it comes to this entire shutdown and how they were treated. Really interesting results came out of this, Sean. Yeah, there were hundreds of people who work on the Las Vegas Strip who responded in this survey. The numbers really are breathtaking and not necessarily in a positive way. Our two guests today coordinated this survey. Greg Chase is founder and CEO of Experience Strategy Associates, and Lillian Tomovich is former Chief Experience and Marketing Officer with MGM Resorts International. Great to have you both. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So you both have have kind of, you put out a survey where you, you reached out directly to uh, employees to feel, um, well, you explain it. What, what is the crux of, of the survey that, that you've just put out? You know, I, I think there's been a lot of discussion around what reopening looks like from the customer viewpoint, what social distancing standards look like, what, you know, health and safety standards look like, and, and the challenges, you know, that's all important, that's all critical to reopening. But the one conversation, you know, as Lily and I were talking through, you know, making observations, you know, we read every brand and company's reopening strategy, you know, there's a lot of similarities in those, but the one thing that continued to be missing from the conversation was an employee. Um, and how they're feeling and how they're doing because we know there's such a strong correlation to the, to the customer experience. And, and Lily, I don't know if you want to opine on that. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Vegas is, you know, we're the experience, you know, capital of the world, if you will. And so we know that the experiences are really delivered through the employees. And so making sure that they feel engaged and valued and are excited and ready to deliver that wow experience is critical to the success and reopening of Las Vegas. And so, um, Greg and I just wanted to sort of put a fine point and really understand how are they feeling and what can we do to sort of close that gap if there is a gap in terms of uh, the sentiment and, and excitement that they currently have, or some of them are fearful to even come back. And so really trying to unravel that and unpack that a bit to understand um, how, how they're feeling about all of this moving back into uh, opening stage. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, first of all, the response that you did get um, and also some of the numbers. I, I know for me, exactly what you're saying, I have some friends that work for um, casino companies and resorts that have felt a little bit like, gosh, I don't really like the way I've been treated. I might even look outside and look for a new job myself. Others have been like, I feel so blessed because the company that I work for has treated me so well. So what is the overall sentiment that you guys got from the survey? Greg, do you want to dig into some of Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the high-level story here is there's, there's opportunity. 
Um, there's a lot of opportunity. And when you think about the hospitality and gaming industry being a very people focused experience, right? We're the, the employees are out there creating personal experiences for people. Um, you know, it, it, we need to treat our team members, our employees, the exact same way when they're out there providing a you know personal touch for people. If we're not doing that as an employer, as an organization, frankly, you know, we're missing the ball and, and actually, you know, preaching what we uh, we provide to our, our customers. So uh, I think, you know, high level, there is a lot of opportunity, no matter what organization, because we did get a good spread of uh, responses across all gaming and hospitality companies here in Las Vegas. Um, and I think the one very consistent theme was, uh, you know, if an employer or an employee didn't feel as if they're commun or were communicated to, um, you know, effectively, consistently, you know, even if there wasn't an update, frankly, you know, they felt a level of disconnect with their employer. And that was pretty consistent across the board. Um, what was it, Lily? Like 32% of employees yeah. actually felt that they, uh, their employer cared about them through COVID. And, and, and frankly, when you look at that number, that's scary. And it's heartbreaking, frankly. You know, these are our neighbors. These are our family members. These are our friends. And they don't feel that the one sense of security that they have cares about them through a really tough time. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's hard. the flip side of that stat is, you know, about 70% of the hospitality employees in Las Vegas, you know, basically disagreed with the statement, my employer cares about me, or they had a neutral feeling. So 70% of the people aren't feeling great towards uh, their employer today, 70%. So that is a huge number. And as Greg said, just a phenomenal opportunity um, I guess what I would say to the hospitality industry is we put so much focus on making sure that that guest experience is going to be phenomenal. Now is the time that we need to put just as much focus and energy behind the employees and how they re-engage back into the workforce. So, you know, you know, the rallying cry would be spend as much time as you can with your employee base um, as you are and will be with your, with your guests. I think it's critically important as Greg and I always say, you know, happy employees, happy guests. And, you know, it's, it sounds trite, but it is so absolutely, absolutely true. We've seen that time and time again. And, you know, as Dana and I have, have had conversations throughout um, this COVID-19 crisis, and as we slowly emerge from it, uh, one of the areas that we focused on was uh, the restaurant industry and how up until this point, the innovation has been on the food side, the culinary side of the industry. But now, as, as these establishments are opening back up, the innovation is having to shift to the operational side of things. Do you think that that same uh, principle, Lily, applies to casino operators too, that they just take, need to take a new approach to operating and to employee relations? I think absolutely. Um, I think there's no question. Um, you know, th this this kind of situation that we're in, I won't say unprecedented because I think it's so overused, but I think out of these situations, a lot of innovation does come. It comes a lot more quickly than it traditionally would. I know in speaking to my friends and colleagues um, in the business and outside of the hospitality business, the one thing that they've all said is the sense of community camaraderie and agility of the organization to quickly pivot and to your point, really think operationally how we should be doing things better to serve our guests, make it easier for them to place an order or what have you, um, has really, um, it's really unleashed the power of that sort of idea of innovation and how can we do things better and easier for our guests. 
um, and, and really to help drive the sustainability of the business for the future. So I think that's been an unintended consequence of this situation is businesses are really realizing, wow, we can do things different and we can do them better and faster. So something that may have taken six months to figure out, people are taking just a few weeks. Greg, you've spent quite a bit of time in, um, in the restaurant, uh, food and beverage part of the business. Would you have any thoughts to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I just say, I think you're right that, you know, the restaurant industry has not really evolved or innovated or done anything differently over, you know, several decades. And frankly, one could say that the gaming industry is very similar as well. I mean, the business model and frankly, the experience has not changed in several years. Uh, so now is the time that, you know, whether you're ready for it or not, I think every organization is having to go through a bit of a digital transformation and there's no more waiting five years to map out a digital transformation strategy, you're in it and you've got to figure it out now. Um, you know, looking at the contactless experiences, uh, you know, the social distancing guidelines have, have certainly threw some curveballs into, you know, what it looks like on the gaming floors and, and restaurants. Um, but I think what's, what's happening now is forced disruption of legacy industries. Uh, Lily and I were actually talking about retail being a, a, an industry that frankly is going to get disrupted through all this as well. Um, what that looks like eventually, you know, we'll, we'll only see, but you know, everyone's forced to, uh, to think outside the box right now. When I think about opening, I think about, you know, it's a, like a, for a lot of these, uh, properties, it's almost like a grand reopening and the first impression is going to be everything. And like Lily mentioned, you know, um, you know, happy employee, happy guest. And, and if the employees don't return happy, this is going to be the impression that those guests are going to get and will they return or not. And I think a lot about how we're really going to suffer with the lack of conventions that are going to come here for a while. It's going to be a while. And a lot of times those folks that come in, I don't want to say they're on a free paid trip, but a lot of times their companies paying for it and things like that. But the people and the visitors that we're going to have now are paying customers and they're using their hard earned money. So I feel like, um, and you doing this survey is interesting because this first impression from all the employees that work in these resorts is going to be everything. Completely. You know, the, the one, the one parallel that uh, Lily and I have talked about a little bit is, you know, when you think about crises and, you know, big disruption moments like this, you know, the last big crisis or, you know, disruption that we had, frankly, in Las Vegas was, was October 1st. What's really interesting about this whole COVID-19 experience, there's a lot of correlations or similarities into how we had to handle October 1st and how this is playing out, you know? Uh, and I think we're gonna see a lot of similarity in, you know, when it does time come time to reopen, yes, first impression is critical, um, but I think we're gonna see a lot of same themes that we did with the guests caring about how the employees were treated. Um, they're gonna ask them how they were treated through this when they see their favorite bartender back at the bar, they see their favorite craps dealer at the table. They're gonna say, you know, how, how did you manage through COVID? And I think employees will be brutally honest with their, their, their customer base if they weren't treated well. A couple more of the surprising findings that um, you have in this survey, 68% of employees do not feel that their employer had transparently communicated with them through this crisis. And only 43% of employees feel that their employer is ready to welcome guests back into their property. Do, when we're going off of so many uh, guidelines that are government mandated from the CDC, and, and we look at those kind of as the gold standard of what to operate from, do you think that somewhere in this process, the employee buy-in was lost 
and, and employee input is lost? Yeah. It's, it's a great, great question, Sean. Um, one of the things we do know, you know, across the board here is that communication is critical to the entire employee experience. And so one of the things that we haven't talked about is we have a lot of verbatims and a lot of detail that people provided in the survey and the open-ended questions. And one common theme that kept popping up was this notion of they're finding out more about their particular business or situation through social media as opposed directly from their company. And so there was a lot of people saying, I don't want to read about this on Twitter. I don't want to read it about it on Facebook. I really wish I could hear it directly. And, and for some of them, it was embarrassing because they're saying, look, I work for this company and I'm hearing about this information or friends are calling me saying, is this true? And all I can say is, I don't know, I haven't heard, but I do see it on Twitter, for example. So this notion of letting your employees in first before the press picks up on maybe your self and um, health and safety standards is important. So the employees, uh, a sense of frustration for sure. And I think what's challenging here is I do think the operators up and down the strip have done a phenomenal job of putting together standards around health and safety, but I just don't think that it was communicated thoroughly enough uh, to the employee base for them to then be able to be great brand ambassadors and saying, it's going to be a great experience. It's going to be safe for me to go to work and it's going to be safe for our guests to go to work. And so that's where I think, really, as I said, I think all of the operators have done a great job. Greg and I have combed through all of the standards, very thorough, fantastic. But I don't think that, I think there was a communication gap. And that, of course, leads to um, some of the things that we're seeing in the survey results, feeling like, you know, they're not cared for, they're not communicated to, there's a lack of sort of appreciation and loyalty. Well, when you do hear, it's true, when you look around on things like Twitter, you hear people um, talking about, um, properties that you know a handful or actually hundreds uh were told by voicemail that they were laid off and and it, there's that you know the lack of, of personal contact i mean it's it's really important in a situation to be more personal when it's such a sensitive subject don't you think oh i i agree a hundred percent and of course i don't want to put myself in the shoes of that operator because i'm sure there were circumstances why that had to be the case maybe they didn't have any other means of contacting those individuals but of course, you know, the more personal touch um, is definitely uh, warranted uh, in this type of situation when possible. Everybody wants to have an opportunity to have a, either a face-to-face -face or at least a live conversation. And so um, yeah. as much as that can be done, that is, of course, um, the number one choice and approach. And, and Greg, looking at the survey results, where do we go from here? I mean, have casino operators cooked their, cooked their own gooses or is there a chance for these companies to redeem themselves and, and gain back the, the trust and loyalty of, the, of their employees? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You know, I, I think the, one of the takeaways that we wanted to share and I think the timing of the release of this information is, is frankly perfect. Um, you know, as we're almost, what, a week away now from reopening a lot of our hospitality and, and gaming organizations and, and buildings and experiences, um, there's a plenty of time now to make sure that if you may or you feel like you may have had a gap in communication experience, you know, make sure now that the welcome back for the employee is a moment, right? It is an experience. Um, it's memorable, right? We, we've all been, you know, 
listening to the headlines, the news stories. A lot of us have been impacted personally by what's been going on. Uh, I, I think now's just the right time as we're a week away from, you know, bringing everyone back into yeah. uh, or slowly starting to ramp up, you know, make it an experience now. I think that's the, the great takeaway here is, yeah, these numbers are not the best, but there's mm -hmm. still time to be able to do something well and to, to really make sure we do this right. Well, and you think about situation like unemployment where people were, you know, the governor's even saying we just weren't ready to handle. We didn't expect this. I mean, do you feel like now maybe um, corporations will sit down and go, OK, if this were to ever happen again, how are we going to handle this differently? And maybe that's the, the point of this survey. So they, they learn from it. I think that's a great point. Absolutely. I mean, every time you sort of go through one of these major in this case, significant events in, in industry, it certainly is a learning experience. And without question, people will kind of rewrite history and say, what could we have done better? Mm -hmm. And um, in reality, I think, as I said, I think all of the operators up and down the, the strip um, are doing the best that they can given the circumstances. But there is just, there's gaps and opportunities that you know, they'll be able to kind of lean into now, hopefully with some of this data and awareness um, and kind of close that gap and so that we can really deliver against uh, the employee experience. But for sure, there'll be, as I said, the history books will be written and there'll be some, uh, some good learning there. And outside of um, the, the survey results, I'm, I'm interested in uh, hearing from both of you on this. Do you think that, that Vegas bounces back from this? Do you think that Vegas remains um, the, the destination that it's, it's become known to be? Greg, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, my, my prediction is I think once all this settles down, uh, I think Vegas is the opportunity to come back stronger than it's ever been. Uh, and my, my rationale behind that is, you know, you see the images of people not, they can't wait to get back onto the beach. They can't wait to go surf. They can't wait to get back into their life. Uh, in Vegas, you know, I've always compared Vegas to Disney. I spent, you know, five years at Disney World in Orlando. I spent almost 10 years now in Vegas. And I'll tell you, these two places are where people go to leave their reality and be somebody else and, and feel special for a period of time. Uh, and I don't think anyone will ever be able to take away, you know, if Vegas was their, their magical place, their happy place, they're going to go back just as the family's going to go back to Disney because that's where they, they can just clear their heads and, and get out of their current reality. Uh, so I think we have the opportunity to come back stronger than we've ever been. Uh, people need it. They need the escape. Lily? I totally agree. I mean, I, I listen, I think, um, and I'm relatively new to Las Vegas. I've only been here about six years, but Vegas has always been the entertainment capital of the world. And I think it will continue to be. I mean, what's transpired even in the five, six years that I have been here from a sports perspective, live entertainment perspective is just phenomenal. So no question it's going to come back. Is it going to take some time? Yes. Um, you know, I think, I think the opening will be very successful. I think to get to where we were in 2019, it's going to take a little bit of time. And um, I think the convention sector uh, will be a little bit slower to bounce back for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, the, the, the power of, you know, engagement face-to-face -face for most big corporations will never go away. And so I know convention will come back. It'll be just, I think, a little bit slower. Yeah. And listen, we appreciate both of you talking to us today. Where can people go? Because we have a lot of listeners really from all over the world that have interest in this. Where can they go to read, you know, the ins and outs and, and see the numbers of this survey? 
So we've got the um, we've got our infographic and we've got our, our data points on our Experience Strategy Associates website, uh, experiencestrategyassociates.com. Uh, there's an employee survey tab that's where we've put uh, the data that we're we're able to share with everyone through this. Uh, but it, it, as Lily and I, I think you know either of us are more than willing to to chat with anybody uh, regarding some of the takeaways and some of the learnings. And if there's organizations that are looking for just a little bit of a you know what else can we be doing, you know we would love to help uh, give back to our our, our colleagues in our, our industry and help bring it back as best as we can. Lily, Greg, thank you both so much for, for your uh, expertise and your, your insights as uh, Las Vegas navigates uh, these uncharted territories. Stay with us on Vegas Revealed coming up at Stain and Sean's Secret Tip. It's time for Dana and Sean's secret tips. And we are really excited that Vegas is open partially because now we can kind of resume to our normal tips. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I, I kind of missed it, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> quarantine tips are great, but getting back to like the Vegas stuff, that's fun. I know it is fun. And you know, it's going to be some things we're going to have to relearn because there's a lot of changes yeah. to the Las Vegas strip, but, but something we wanted to basically let people know if you're going to visit, if you're going to drive in from LA or Arizona, don't forget free parking is back. That's right. Now we don't know for how long, but yeah, free parking is back. So real reminder there, a good tip to keep in mind that you know, maybe instead of taking a flight, um, you know, not wanting to get on a plane with a bunch of people, maybe you just want to take a nice drive from LA, Utah, where, wherever, Southern California, Arizona. Uh, and drive in. Yeah, Arizona, drive in, park for free. Also, something we're noticing is, and I think everyone's kind of used to this at this point, but it can be a little bit of an adjustment. You know, walk-ins aren't really uh, as popular as they used to be. Reservations are really everything, so that they can plan the 50% occupancy and the social distancing. Yeah, it's really going to be, those reservations are really going to be key now because, um, like you said, uh, restaurants can't pack people, not that they were like super packing people in like sardines, but mm -hmm. they can't have the occupancy rates that, that they had before. And so uh, snagging yourself a reservation is definitely yeah. um, something to keep in mind. We don't want to see you get all dolled up after a day at the pool, walk down to, to eat at a restaurant and you're not allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> then it's in-room dining for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, and a quick reminder, we already touched on this. Hey, today it's 109 and we're in May. So just a reminder for visitors, it is hot. So even though it's a dry heat, as everyone says, <laughs> you got to drink plenty of water if you're going to walk the strip. I know a lot of you are, and we have a lot of people that love to look around, mingle, all that kind of thing. You got to bring water. You got to drink a lot of water. I don't care if you're not thirsty, you are. Because I have seen people faint in front of me that have moved to Las Vegas and aren't used to it. They just think, oh, it's no big deal. I'm not that thirsty. No, you got to drink water. <laughs> you, you really do. And yeah, once it gets above 100, I, that's usually my threshold. When it gets above 100, that's when it starts to feel really hot. Like up until then, it's warm, but mm -hmm. it gets hot when it gets up yes. to 105, 109, Oof. 110, that's just, that's scorching. Yeah. So yeah. It gets hot at the pool even. Like when you're at the pool and you get out of the pool, you're hot in like three minutes. <laughs> it does. It's a weird sensation though, because as soon as you get out, like all the evaporation of the water, you get super cold, but then like within a 90 seconds, you're hot again. 
I know it's so weird. It is, it is different. Um, just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about, um, some tips from just kind of eating out. Um, we've had a lot of restaurants that have been open off the strip for a couple weeks now. Um, I have ventured out three or four times for patio dining. And then Sean, I know you ate out at a local casino yep. that had a restaurant open just this week. How was your experience? Any tips? Um, so I went on, so this was out at Green Valley Ranch, which is over in uh, Henderson. So it's off mm -hmm. the strip, but it's still a casino property. And we did have to go into the casino in order to get to the entrance of the restaurant. We ate out on the patio, but um, we did have to go through the casino. And I, I have to say, um, kudos to Station Casinos for having such a welcoming environment to bring people back because as soon as we uh, got up to the sidewalk outside of the casino there were security guards there who were directing us um everybody said welcome back first of all yeah and uh, they were directing us to which door um was being used as an entrance there were then uh staff members who had uh sanitizing rags and spray bottles to wipe down door handles. All the doors were opened for you, so you mm -hmm. didn't touch anything. Once you got inside, um, this, is, this is where my tip comes in, and it's going to be to add extra time whenever okay. you're going anywhere that involves a casino and probably even travel too, because once you get inside, they are taking people's temperatures. Mm. Um, and it's not, they're not using like a thermometer that goes under your tongue or they're not touching you or anything. You stand okay, on good. this dot and um, there's like this, I don't know, this box that sits across from you and like takes your temperature from a distance. Okay. And then they- So, they, so tell us, what was your temperature? He didn't tell me what, oh. it, he didn't tell me <laughs> what my temperature was. And I, I was actually kind of curious, but I was just so excited to be there and get in that I didn't ask. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I passed the test. All right. Um, so finish. So you stood on a, you stood on a, a dot, there was a box and then what? It like beamed you? Yeah, <laughs> I guess it, it beamed. It wasn't a beam that I could see, but I guess it like shot a beam at me and took my temperature and the guy said, all right, you're good. Enjoy your, enjoy your meal. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then once inside the casino, um, it was, or inside the, the restaurant, you know, all the workers were wearing gloves and masks and mm -hmm. everything was, was good there. And what I really liked is that they put this plastic, um, plastic, almost a little puck on your table that had a QR code on it. Mm -hmm. You just open up the camera on your phone and scan that QR code and it brings up the menu right on your phone. So there's no touching menus. I thought that was, I thought that was a cool innovation that, um, can probably actually save money on printing costs. Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea because I went to a restaurant and the same thing. It was off the strip, but I thought, oh, I'm going to have to have this QR code app or something. But no, you just take it, literally put your phone over it in the picture mode and it opens up Safari and the menu comes up. So you don't need to be prepared with anything special. So great, great idea. Um, and then when you were mentioning the temperature thing, you know, wanted to mention to folks that are going to be visiting hotel casinos like you said you know that's going to be the way it is and i know that they had they um they had a meeting where so everyone's like well what if you fly here and then all of a sudden you have a temperature like what do you do but i guess we planned uh we, 
I think UMC's one of our main hospitals has been working with the, you know, the, the board of people that is plan that are planning this and um, they have, I guess, hotels that are non gaming. We have a couple hotels that have committed to being kind of the place that they'll send those people. Like the quarantine. Yeah. The quarantine resort. Right. The quarantine <laughs> resort. They should just put up a new neon sign. <laughs> I know. So they're going to do something like that. But anyway, be prepared for that procedure and, and don't come if you're feeling flush. <laughs> well, in part of the, um, part of the new safety and health procedures at I think just about every casino is that uh, your temperature will be taken upon entry and that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. So okay. um, yeah, just be prepared for that. And and really you're not going to be able to hop around as quickly mm-hmm. to different resorts on the strip as you used to be able to. So just keep that in mind. We are yes. opening back up, but it's not going to be the same. Um, Hop a little less. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Less hopping. Yeah. (laughs) Take it slow. (laughs) I love it. Well, listen, today's been a great discussion. We, I mean, there's been so much to talk about and, and like, I know you, you and I have said, like, we're really excited to see how this goes because I'm hoping that it's super positive and that we have to open more and more resorts. Obviously I want everyone to be safe and healthy and, and all that. But if, if things go, in a, in a positive direction, uh, it's the first sign of maybe a little bit of a comeback and a little bit of a turnaround. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I hope so. And if you are listening from out of town, we can't wait to have you back here in Las Vegas and let us know about your plans. If you're, uh, headed this way and uh, what you plan on doing while you're here. And then we'd love to hear some follow-up from you too. Exactly. And we can always Skype you in and have a chat about it too. So if you, you know, if you want to write us again, it's ideas at Vegas-revealed.com. Have a great week, everyone. It was lovely chatting with you. Check you later. Fire for the weekend. Breathe that desert air.